Hello, fellow nerds. This is Brian McCornack. I am a professor and department head at Kansas State University, and I welcome you to another episode of Be The Nerd uh, podcast. We're actually doing this live with uh, my uh, co-host, Dr. Aaron Hodson from Iowa State University. He is uh, on the line with us today, and I'm excited because Aaron and I go way back way back and I will try to keep my laughing uncontrollably for these inside jokes that we've had over several years to myself as best I can but I just really want to kind of dive in and see the awesome person that I've seen for quite a long time her name is Erin and uh, she's got one of the best accents I've ever heard in my life I'm really excited to have Erin on the show today she is super creative if you ever are stumped for ideas reach out not kidding what she comes up with is quite amazing, and I think you'll learn a lot from this podcast. She is the co-creator of this whole Be the Nerd, See the Nerd thing that we're doing, not only here on Spotify or your favorite podcast streaming platform, but you can also check us out on YouTube. We've got several videos that we posted from our series here back in November, and we'll continue to post new content to get you thinking about extension in a brand new way. At least we hope. If you've got new ways that we're not thinking about, send them our way. Seek us out. We would be happy to showcase your awesome things here, maybe in the podcast or even on the YouTube channel. So without further ado, Dr. Aaron Hodson. know a little bit more about uh about Aaron so Aaron tell us a little bit about where where you got started uh where are you from uh, a little bit about your background and what got you into entomology well thanks Brian for doing this I really appreciate you taking the share fair to the next level uh by doing some podcasting so uh <laughs> extended edition yeah absolutely yes. uh so I'm I'm from a very small town in western North Dakota and I didn't grow up on a farm, but it was very rural type community. A lot of people working on the farm or working with different kinds of agricultural businesses. And I didn't want to stay in that small town. So I decided to go to NDSU in Fargo, which is like the big city for me. So a couple hundred miles east. And I got a degree in biology and botany. So it was actually a double major. And they happened to be in the College of Math and Science. And so I didn't get any exposure to agriculture even back then. So I didn't take like a soils class, a weeds class, any type of pest management. It wasn't that sort of focus at all. Um, but I did have one course in entomology and I got to make a collection. I loved it, but I also loved my microbiology class. I took a class in algae. Uh, I took, in, you know, like- in algae? And out, yeah, we got, we went and collected like <laughs> algae at different spots. Uh, okay, and, awesome. Yeah, and we got to do fun drawings. And I loved all the classes, which is sort of the good and bad thing about biology is that you take a lot of different classes. And unfortunately, I didn't realize that when you get a biology degree, most of the time you are pre-med, pre-vet, you know, it's sort of a starter for like what you really want to do. And I didn't right. realize that. And so when I was grad near graduation and looking for a job, I wasn't actually skilled to do anything. I couldn't even be someone working as a technician in a lab because I really didn't have any of those skills. 
And so it was a hard lesson learned, you know, that I didn't ask enough questions. I didn't say like, what can I do with this degree? Because if they would have said, we have to go to med school, you know, I would have tapped out. I would have done something different right away. (laughs) So um, what I I saw a flyer in the building that I was taking in my last semester that said, you know, gain some technical skills, do research and get a master's degree. We'll pay for your tuition. We'll give you a stipend and you can get, you know, a little bit more focused type of training. And I was like, oh, perfect. What is it? And it was a research project working in sunflower and with a, with a pest that was fairly, uh, fairly unknown, underappreciated uh, sunflower midge. So it's a little tiny maggot that made it impossible for the sunflower heads to open up. And so I spent a couple summers collecting maggots and counting and doing all that and discovered that I really liked the research part. And as, as part of my master's degree, I did a little bit of TAs. So I, I was a teaching assistant in a couple labs. And I really enjoyed it. I liked teaching the undergrads on, on, they were doing their own collections and they were, you know, had different types of dissections and I enjoyed it. And I thought, oh, maybe what I want to do is teach because I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I decided, okay, well, if you want to teach at a university, you need a PhD. So I started looking for PhD programs and made another big leap to an even bigger town, St. Paul, Minnesota. And I, I think I might've been one of the first people ever in North America to study soybean aphid. At that time, it was 2000. It wasn't even right. confirmed in Minnesota right. yet. And so uh, along with my advisor, we made a trip to the Southeastern part of the state and confirmed it in a few commercial fields, kind of like my first week. And I was so thankful because I was like, well, what happens if this if it isn't even here, that makes it kind of hard to do a research project on it, but it ended up being a problem. And so I had a fairly interesting, I think, successful project as a PhD dissertation, worked on a couple different aspects of sampling and distribution and things like that. And people were much more excited about this pest because it was a, a widespread economic problem. I'm sure this has never happened to any of you while trying something new. In this case, bad internet uh, totally failed us and we had to kind of regroup, but we wanted to keep this in there to kind of keep us all reminded kindly that not everything is going to work as you had planned. So try it again. Take two. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, Ryan, can you hear me? My frozen face was like the worst expression. I'm like, (laughs) and we're back again. Technology. (laughs) Okay, so I think I've got my internet figured out. Okay. Um, yeah, I had it on my hotspot, my phone, but then when the other internet kicks in, it tried to connect to that again. Okay. That's still not really connected, so I. Just disabled to connect automatically. Those viewers at home or listeners at home just got to find ways to hack the system. <laughs> so I think it's pro tip. Pro tip. Yeah, I think it's. I think we. I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, try that one more time. Okay. So I mean, that's gonna work on my sews, but that's okay. Me too. The thing that really sticks out in all of that, Aaron, is. How similar our paths were yet. I don't know if we've ever really talked about that. 
When I took entomology, I had no idea really what entomology was and it fit my schedule. I was also, you know, a biology major. I needed a certain number of credit hours to, to make the degree, the degree work. And I did the general, general bio courses, semesters one and two, and a lot of us focused towards pre-med and I went, no way, this is not, that's what I went into school thinking I was going to do. And just turned out like, no, that's just not where I align. But you had a helpful advisor. I had an advisor that was more interested in his postdoc, if you know what I mean. And so you actually had someone to help mentor you, right? I mean, I did that. I did not know what you meant. Well, probably couldn't happen today, but you know, 20 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, even even then. Um, No, you're you're right. And I, but I really didn't. I really didn't get that until my entomology course, where you know, I felt like. I, d- I didn't know that I wanted to pursue entomology until I just got into the course Yes. and doing the collection and spending all this, what I, you know, it was supposed to be for a collection, but honestly, I was just procrastinating other things like general chem and physics and things I didn't want to do, oh, but yes. I found out like, oh, I had a farming background. That might be the slight difference, but I, I didn't realize that you could connect the two. And that's, it's fun to hear. Like I, the more people I talk to that, that is just something that, you know, people until they have the experience don't know entomology is a thing, but also that you can make a career out of it. So it's fun to hear hear that piece. And I also understand that soybean aphid is still a problem. <laughs> still a problem. And you know, when I was during, doing my PhD is when I realized the value of research, uh, applied research and mm-hmm. understanding that the pest could be so devastating. You know, not being from a farm, I didn't really understand what it could mean to have a pest like ravage a crop and like, and basically, you know, hurt the bottom line of the farm, you know, impact the farm so severely. So right. I, I learned a hard, you know, a really valuable lesson on the, on the importance of agriculture with this little tiny aphid, you know, and at that time it was like totally out of control. I've never seen fields look sadder, you know, just like with the, when you're talking like yeah, thousands per plant. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's a very sticky situation. It is your pants. You just want to throw them away. You do. Yeah. It is the city mold and all of that, especially a day of walking through fields is uh, yeah, it's not it's quite, happen. quite experience. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just to follow up, you know, I, I continued to do some TAs for labs and right, right, right. I was, I was not enjoying it as much because the students um, were, were pretty sassy. I don't even know how to explain it. I felt like they, they expected, I don't know what the right answer. I felt like I wasn't um, smart enough to handle like all of their questions. Cause they were just like, you know, pounding me with all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, either being kind of sassy and not appreciative. And I was like, do I really want to teach if this is what students are all about? And um, at the same time, um, my advisor, your, your advisor, we can maybe get to that in a bit. Um, yep. He was, he was asked to do some extension programming for soybean ape because farmers wanted to know, we were, we were generating all this research, not just me, but, you know, many people at that time were generating research and people just wanted to know, like, what, how do we give us a few things to, you know, manage this pest? Cause it was so devastating. And he said, you're the one who's actually doing the work, you know, you're out there in the trenches, you know, right. the literally, um, why don't you just right. talk about what you found? And I was like, okay, I can, you know, put a few bullet points together, like a little, a little handout. And uh, I've never seen people so thankful. You know, they were just, thank you so much. And they were just so appreciative. My research got put into action right away. 
you know, as far as even just like how to identify it, how to look for it. And then we started to get into some of the efficacy evaluations and, and people were so thankful. And I was like, maybe what I really want to do is extension, not research. Cause you know, the research goes out immediately and just, um, it got transformed. And I just felt like there's a lot of value in that for me, a lot of personal satisfaction in the extension. And so that's why I guess when I was wrapping up my PhD, I was really looking for a job that had an extension component to kind of keep with that translating research. I mean, I think that's the thing too. I'm, I hope, I'm hoping that this series kind of educates those that really don't have an extension background, really what extension is. Because, you know, I think some would see it as a form of teaching, but it really is a different, different stakeholder group and different needs. And, you know, can you maybe, I mean, you kind of highlighted that a little bit, but can you talk a little bit more about the kind of the key difference between the education setting and the extension setting and like just to give people an idea of what that, what that might look like Yeah, for this, those that really don't know what this, it is. This is something that I'm working on with a, like an ad hoc working group here at Iowa State on trying to better define what is extension and outreach. Not only for those people that are on a tenure track faculty line, but mm. for those people who who aren't, they might be administrative folks, or they might be people who are reviewing packages, or they might be stakeholders. And right. the way that I've started to think about it, uh, this this working group is really helping me. Is extension and outreach to me is more of a community engaged type of scholarship, and it's really a two way connection. It's not just me spewing information at them, you know, and talking as like the person from the ivory tower, but I'm I'm translating research hoping for their feedback, and then trying to answer their questions, implement some of the ideas that they have into future projects. So it's really kind of a back and forth engagement to me, instead of just like, hi, I'm the expert, let me tell you how to fix your problem, uh, which I think can happen sometimes in teaching as well. Like here, I'm the expert, I'm going to give you, you know, the, the, the definitions and, and the syllabus, and not really a lot of engagement. So those people that are really successful in teaching, I think, get the students talking to each other, they get more of a back and forth that way too. So I tend to think of it more as I'm, I'm engaging the community and my community, my appointment happens to be revolving around agriculture. So farmers, crop consultants, people working in industry, even other extension folks, I'm trying to get that engagement and that communication or that dialogue going and keep going. I think that is such an awesome point. Well, first of all, I don't know about this task force, and I think that's great. Uh, is that kind of information? Gets the oil. Is that? And I said, "Hey guys, I am having a hard time understanding what you think excellence and extension is because I, I yep. went through promotion last year, and it's basically two little paragraphs in our faculty handbook, and it was like, do good." You know, it was just do like, good. it was so vague. Do good, I, would you? And I was like, well, that's so vague. I want a little it bit is. more yeah. detail. And so they're like, okay, well, then you lead this task force, or, you know, this committee on, on better improving the definitions. And so we've been reaching out to others who are experts in this, and it's a really deep field. So I'm kind of just scratching the surface. Is this going to turn into some type of like document resource for other universities? <clears throat> like, uh, you know. It could I mean, be, but it's, it's, I think it's one of those where it's a, it's a bigger, it's a much broader issue. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I I've had uh before taken on this department head role. I mean, now I still have a three-way split because that's where those are the three tiers in our mission is the extension research and teaching. And 
you know, I just, I saw a lot of value in what we were doing with an extension. And that's, those are the same types of interactions we really need to encourage in teaching. But at the same time, I don't know if a lot of people, unless they're in it, know like how to explain like what extension is to those that, again, just see it peripherally and say, well, you're just, you know, talking to people about things. It's like, well, you can talk to, talk to students about things. That doesn't mean you're really engaging them. It doesn't mean that they walk away with, you know, critical thinking skills, nor just giving a presentation in front of people without really getting them to understand the content yeah. to then go make an informed decision. Because at the end of the day, I think, you know, you know, I know we've talked about this, but we really want people to, to feel empowered with their decision making. And that really takes a deeper understanding of the content. But how do you how do you do that in a way where it doesn't, doesn't freak people out, but they still are there and the soybean aphid and I and this, you know, that kind of brings us to how we met was in a lab that dealt with soybean aphid and I I swore off doing a PhD after my master's I said no way and uh, Dave Ragsdale our, our shared mentor came out to Michigan State and I just wanted a free breakfast sorry Dave but that's the way it worked that's and awesome. he he came to give a seminar on I think it was Colorado potato beetle I'm assuming at that time and uh you know we made the connection when he was leaving that basically Hayes got a tech position opening up and i was trying to get back home um heather and i were trying to get back home and it just just ha so happened that it worked out uh but then got into soybean aphid work and that's the same thing with you aaron i'm going oh my gosh i swore off doing a phd i mean i worked with onion maggots so again that maggot connection worked with onion maggot biological control and it was you know important work but at the same time, I didn't really see that connection to growers and how it was really going to change decisions. And I thought, I just don't know what I want to do. So I wanted to pause a bit. Mm -hmm. But then getting into Minnesota and, and like really seeing like there was a there was a demand for that information. Like there was people were losing thousands and thousands of dollars to this thing. And, you know, we had we, we had the attention, but also just it made, a I guess, a deeper connection with me of why I wanted to do this. My connection to farm, but also the coolness of bugs and then bringing all that together and extension was why I actually asked for my extension appointment after I got to K-State. Just mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, even, even if you're working at a land grant university and you don't have an official extension outreach appointment, I think almost all faculty are asked to provide some sort of service to either the community right. or their society and the ability to translate research or translate uh, guidelines or anything like that to whoever your stakeholders are, are important. So that's what we're trying to do is just help put definitions to that, because I think some people are mystified by what is extension or what is effective extension mean? And so we are definitely, uh, the, the goal is to change the faculty handbook in our case to help define things a little bit better for incoming faculty, but also for the administration who's evaluating these dossiers, but um, also for the other people who are like, actually what I'm doing is a community engaged project. I'm working with people. I'm working, you know, make changes in the economy or whatever their, you know, changes with the farm. And they may not realize that what they're doing is actually some sort of service or outreach uh, component that should be recognized in their dossier. But then I also think about, okay, so I'm not at a land grant. I think other universities, even private business, they have to have some sort of way to recognize interactions with the public or their stakeholders. And so mm -hmm. that the expertise or that ability to translate a project or why, why is this important 
I think generally we all have to have that skill. So it's just really honed in with those of us who have extension appointments. Skills. This Mad is what skills. I love about Aaron. Mad skills. Maybe we'll save another podcast for how we actually met uh, two introverts sitting really close together and only a printer separating them. You know, it really does change people. <laughs> it really does change people. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of good memories there. And maybe we'll just save that for another kind of follow-up podcast. But it's it's uh yeah, definitely some of the reasons why I wanted to work with you over the years because we I mean that's what that's where that that's where that starts is in those labs and in this case, very close quarters. And you know, and then eventually we'll turn into ideas like see the nerd, be the nerd. In this case, see and hear the nerd because we're trying to turn this into some type of podcast to make it accessible yeah. to people thinking about what skills do we need? And this this kind of came into uh, play, was it, I always forget which meeting it was, was the one before Madison. Madison was the first like yep. first uh, version 1.0 of share the uh, share fair, extension entomology share fair. Yep. Yeah, do you remember the story of how this all started? Well, the stories. Like, like many things do, it was over a beer. What? Oh. <laughs> and I'm I think not sure what you're talking about. You know, we're we're both tenure track developing packets, but at the same time, we just are creatives and in many ways. And like I, I want to do something different. Um yeah. we've all experienced kind of the death by PowerPoint being being talked at or doing a lot of the talking, and that gets old. And if you're really looking for more engagement, you have to be creative. And so I think we were talking over how, how can we not only help ourselves, but help all the newbies. I mean, there's a lot of new faculty and staff that yep. have some sort of extension or teaching appointment, or even those that have any type of way that they're communicating just to mix it up a little bit and to have a little fun. And so I think we, I, I'm pretty sure you came up with the, with the name and the tagline because um, that, that's I, just totally you. But yeah, I think it was a shared effort. But maybe. the idea, though, was this maker's fair, right? Like yeah. we because we actually looked into that, but then realizing, oh, no, there's actually a lot of money that we need to, to, for that to happen. And we yeah. just made it our own. And, yeah. and we went with the design by is a 99 design. So is that the name yep. of the hmm? Because we just wanted something that was, you know, non-institutional, but still had a, again, showing people like this is the importance of kind of not commercializing, but kind of coming up with a, an image for something that you're trying to promote. And so that became, you know, we wanted to create a consistent brand. Yeah. With the, with the there we go. Yeah. That turned into this first share fair idea in Madison, where we had a lot of awesome people come in and was that our first that was the first one was where we had the graphic artist come in and do the the sketch of the real whole time real, real time, time. yeah really like cool. i forget <laughs> what it's called like a graphic recording graphic recording that's what it was he yes. was highlighting some of the tables that we had with the nerds um yep. you know just showing different things and he did this live it's huge it was like a four by five foot canvas that he brought in and it was amazing uh, yeah I, yeah, I'll see if I can put a link to that in the in the video or the in the podcast here because I think yeah. just visual. I mean, it's just it's it was beautiful, but just to capture all the tables that were going on and the interactions from from folks. But the biggest thing for me though in all this is that I you know we talk about skills and talking to somebody versus actually doing it are two different things. Yeah, we wanted people uh, to get your hands on it, ask some questions, yep. and then sort of work the snags out later. But at least you have a, that you're dipping your toe in you know, to say like, yeah, I can do that. It's not beyond my, my, my capabilities to try something new. And then we brought the international, we brought it to Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, right. Yeah. That was Uh, awesome. 
Yeah, that was a lot of things to haul through the airport security. Um, uh, I just had a pallet of stuff. <laughs> a pallet of goodies. So uh, stuff we all get. Aaron is all about it and does an amazing job pulling these things together. And this, yeah, really is though that the teamwork part of this, finding somebody you can collaborate with, knowing that, hey, there's some skills and strengths that I can bring to the table and knowing that you're going to be doing some other things and then kind of come together and realize, oh, we're not the only ones presenting. Like, how do we find people that are doing amazing things that can get like skills in the hands of people as they walk, walk out the door? And anybody is listening to this and says, hey, why am I not being invited? This is your chance. Like, send us, send we us an email. Know we know, right? yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're trying to expand our network. And if you're interested in, in participating and, and doing those types of activities, being on a podcast, talking about those things, uh, we did a virtual share fair this this year, first time because of COVID, and selfishly, as I think was the best one because Aaron and I got to <laughs> Aaron and I got to participate. I know I got to hear all the topics this time. Yeah, and so not only that, like but host. yeah, we're now doing a podcast because of of Jody and the crew like talking to us about how to do this. I use Audacity now. Jason talking about YouTube and channeling and then the importance of branding that way and kind of creating a creating a, a, a viewer audience snowball in a good way yes yeah, snowball in a good way i could go on and on and we will with future podcasts but right there i'm gonna maybe put a pause to this just so yeah. that people want to hear some more kind of examples of this coming up in future episodes but i wanted a little little intermission so that people know that yeah, this is not just me i just happened to put some of these podcasts together but but really, this is this is something that Aaron and I honestly just sat down and networked and said, hey, what can we do that's different and fun and, and make it engaging? And what we hope is that people are knowing more about what Extension not only is, but how accessible it is to them for, for building some new skill sets and, and relating to the public. Yeah. Any any last last words you want to? I'm just so thankful that you, you're taking this to the next level and trying to keep the conversation going, especially between the ESA meetings, which is where we've kind of had it before. And yeah. realizing people can bring it back to their universities or their employers as well. We've heard of a couple of successes that way. So we just hope to keep awesome. it going and yeah, reach out to Brian or myself. We'd love to hear some of the things that you're doing that are in engaging or interactive. And, and if you don't know that. what questions to ask, I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got decks of cards of, I mean, this really, awesome. there's no, there's no excuses for like, just not having conversations with people. If you don't know where to start, there's a lot of great, great resources. And we're hoping that you're finding some of those things here. Thank you, Dr. Aaron Hodson from Iowa State University, uh, the co-host of all this and co-creator. And it's really a pleasure getting to hear more about your story. And I hope others are inspired to maybe reach out and start sharing some of their own. Yeah, we'll do it again. Awesome. All right. You know the drill. Go be the nerd. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Be the Nerd Podcast, where our guest was Aaron Hodson from Iowa State University. Is it, is it just me, or does most ideas happen on the back of a napkin? What is with that? I haven't quite figured that out. But if you're in the napkin industry, thank you. It's a place for us to jot down some ideas and really just sit down and, and think about things in a new way. And that's what I love about Aaron. So join us here by subscribing. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your dog, tell your cat, tell anybody. Subscribe, share, contact us with your ideas. We'd be happy to hear it. Until then, go be the nerd.